Today on this edition of Bold Steps Weekend, we'll learn how a crisis prepares us for our calling. We start out with the fact that God is on the throne, He's in control, that nothing happens by chance. And God is not always the author of everything, but He is the redeemer of everything. And so we wisely need to be asking ourselves, God, what are you up to in this crisis? What are you doing? What happens when things don't turn out the way you'd like them to or the way you would hope they would? Do you get discouraged? Or maybe you dig in your heels and wait. Well, no matter how you handle discouragements, I think it's safe to say we all sometimes wonder what God's up to. And that's our topic today here on our new Bold Steps Weekend program with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Every weekend, Mark shares the life-changing message of the gospel with people all across the country. And if you'd like to learn more about this program or our daily sister program, Bold Steps, you can do that online at boldstepsweekend.org. But right now, with a message to help us sort through the chaos, here's Mark Job. A couple days ago, my wife and I celebrated our wedding anniversary. And I was jogging down memory lane and remember that day that I looked at her nervous and a little trembling, and I said these huge commitments, yes, I do, and then walked down the aisle again, and she was all dressed up in her wedding dress, beautiful. We went down the stairs. Back in those days, they threw rice, got some rice thrown at us, got in the car with uh, cans stringed along in the back of the car, drove through the neighborhood, and I was just elated in the backseat of the car thinking a new chapter is started. And we stopped at a, a stop sign, and there was a scruffy guy with a beard and a brown bag and a bottle inside that said, hey, buddy. So I rolled down the window, thought he was going to congratulate me. He shook his head and said, the worst decision of your life. And then I went on. But you know, here's what I know. That I'm sure if I would have gotten out on my wedding day, which I did not, and had a conversation with him, I'm sure that he had a terrible experience, that his experience with marriage was a bad experience. And so his interpretation of my decision was a terrible one. And I also understand that as we talk about the crisis, I call it the trilogy of crisis, that not everybody's experience has been the same. Some of you have sort of just glided through this crisis almost like it was barely nothing and you've been celebrating the fact that you could work at home and not have to commute. And others, it's been a mega life-changing, drastic crisis in your life. And But I think that we should all be asking ourselves as followers of Jesus, what is God up to? I call it the trilogy of crisis because although it started with COVID-19 about four months ago, it's dominoed into two other crises. And let me just name them off for you. Number one, we had a health crisis. COVID-19, none of us knew what that was six months ago. 
but we soon discovered that this coronavirus had was making its way throughout the world via our transportation and our globalization, and we soon discovered that all of us were affected by it. In fact, this global pandemic shut down our nation and many other nations. Uh, we have not seen something like this in a hundred years in the United States of America since the Spanish flu in 1917 to 1919 where millions of people died. So far, there's been a, a, around half a million deaths in the world and about 120,000 deaths in the United States of America and many people that have gotten sick because of this. And so it has been an unprecedented health crisis. Shortly into that, we shut down restaurants, theaters, shut down many businesses that required people to gather together. And so it led to a second crisis a financial crisis, an economic recession. Over 40 million Americans filed for unemployment. Uh, the U.S. suffered job loss not seen since the Great Depression. One in every five households were deemed food insecure. And people were predicting a huge recession. We're still trying to figure out where it's going to land. But uh, many, many people uh, found themselves without a job. Uh, some people really, really struggling economically. Businesses uh, shuttering, especially depending on the industry that you were in. But something like we haven't seen in decades and decades, some people say, since the Great Recession. And then thirdly, about the time that the... COVID had stimmied a little bit, about the time that we felt like it was uh, time to start to open up our economy, our restaurants and, and uh, other facilities, we were hit with the third crisis, civil unrest and racial crisis. And this racial crisis started with the death of George Floyd and then spread out uh, in our cities and around the nation in a way that we had not seen really ever in this country before, far outbidding what happened in the 60s, uh, spreading to other, other cities around the world, uh, uh, other nations around the world as well. A major, major civil unrest, racial crisis, so health crisis, financial crisis, racial crisis, and we have all been touched in one way or another by these crises. Counselors say that the spike in anxiety, fear, depression has escalated exponentially as people wonder what's happening, what's going on. Grandparents that haven't seen their grandkids and been able to hug them or touch them in months. Some people that have not been able to go to their work in months. And I think as believers in Jesus Christ, we start out with the fact that God is on the throne, He's in control, that nothing happens by chance. And God is not always the author of everything, but He is the redeemer of everything. And so we wisely need to be asking ourselves, God, what are you up to in this crisis? What are you doing? And I want to bring your attention to a passage found in Genesis chapter 39 and 40. It's the story of Joseph. Before I read this passage, let me say that I know that there's people in a lot of pain. 
I'm the president of Moody Bible Institute, but I also serve in pastoral ministry in the city of Chicago in some pretty tough neighborhoods. I personally know six people that have died due to COVID-19 related illnesses. The last one a week and a half ago, 68-year-old lady that greeted at the church door and just a beautiful woman that came to Christ in our church. I've seen grown men weeping over the fact that they can't put food on the table for their family. I've seen and talked to teenagers that have attempted suicide because of the overwhelming depression and anxiety and fear that they sense around them and being isolated from friends and looking at the future in a dark way. I've seen the tensions on the streets of Chicago and the protest and the the animosity and the difficulty and the polarization that exists there. This has been a very, very challenging time. When I look at Joseph's story, and early on, when COVID started to hit, my attention was drawn immediately to this story. So I've lived with the story of Joseph for a couple of months because I sensed that God was speaking to me as I read his word through Joseph early on in this crisis. And I want to share with you what I believe that God has been up to during this crisis. If you remember the story of Joseph, he's a 17-year-old young man. He's got a brother, a younger brother, Benjamin, and he's got a bunch of stepbrothers. It's a toxic, dysfunctional family. No doubt about it. There's favorites. There's stepbrothers, there's multiple mothers, there's animosity, jealousy. I mean, it's not a very sane family. But Joseph, at the age of 17, he, he has a dream. It's a God dream. Not just one dream, he has multiple dreams. And in this dream, he gets this sense that God is going to use him, that he's going to be influential. It's not his own imagination concocting stories of grandeur. It's a God-given dream in which he senses that he will exercise influence in the future. He, well, he does something that he probably shouldn't do. He shares it with his brothers. In Genesis chapter 37, verse 5, it says, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. They already hated him because he was the favorite of the father, but after he shared the dream in which he felt like he was going to have a lot of influence, they hated him even more. If you're writing down notes, taking notes, I want you to write this down today. I'm talking about what is God doing in crisis. I believe that sometimes we need a crisis to prepare us for the challenge of our calling. It starts with a dream with Joseph. It leads to intense crisis, and it ends with a powerful destiny. You know, none of us like crisis. We want to avoid crisis, get out of crisis. We want things to go back to normal. 
We want to be able to sing in church without masks. We want to be able to go to a restaurant and eat there without wiping our hands. We, we want to be able to go to the store and shop without putting the mask on. We want to be able to meet with our friends without wondering, is it a hug, a elbow, high five, uh, not exactly sure how we should respond to people. We want things to go back to normal. But I believe that we would miss the point if we do not ask ourselves, God, in the midst of this crisis, what are you doing? And I believe that God is doing something. In fact, if you look at the story of Joseph, you realize that God gave Joseph a compelling dream, a dream that was God-given. He didn't make it up, a dream of destiny, a dream that he would influence. And to prepare him for his dream, God takes him to the school of crisis. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job. For more tools and resources designed to help you live out your faith with boldness and authenticity, visit boldstepsweekend.org. While you're online, be sure to sign up for our weekly email devotional. You can join a community of listeners who are starting their week off with some great biblical insights and a shot of encouragement from Mark. It's called the Bold Stepper Weekly, and it's delivered right to your inbox each Monday morning. Sign up for it today at boldstepsweekend.org. Right now, let's get back into the second half of today's message. Mark is going to show us how God allowed the crisis in Joseph's life to shape and move him. The first crisis is his brothers betray him. They're going to kill him. But then they decide, hey, let's not kill him. That's a little too drastic. One of the older brothers talks them down. And so they decide to do something a little less severe. They sell him. They sell him to a band of Midianites that are on their way to Egypt and they, they betray their own brother and they tell the father that he's dead. Second crisis, not only is he sold, but he's sold into slavery. And so Joseph, who is the favorite of his father, ends up being sold into slavery transported to another country with another language in which he's treated like a piece of property with no rights of his own, taken stripped of his identity, stripped of his ability to communicate, put in Egypt, serving as the lowest echelon of society that you could serve in, and he's treated as a slave. And then, if that weren't bad enough, a few years later, he's actually falsely accused because the boss's wife comes on to him. He rejects her advances and he is accused falsely and sent into prison. So that's his third crisis. A trilogy of sorts. And here's what struck me as I read the story of Joseph. God allowed this crisis. God allowed him to be betrayed. God allowed him to be sold into slavery. God allowed him to go into prison. God allowed the crisis. In fact, the crisis became a gift to Joseph in forming and shaping him for the destiny of his calling. God was using the crisis to shape his heart, 
using the crisis to develop his skills and using the crisis to help him discover gifting that he did not know he had. It was through the school of crisis that God was preparing Joseph ultimately for the dream that he had given him as a 17-year-old. I'm sure that if we would have interviewed Joseph in the middle of the crisis, and Joseph, how are you doing with it? Hey, are you glad God's taking you through crisis? I'm sure that he would have been pretty perturbed about it. But I want you to notice from that perspective that God is actually taking Joseph through a crisis. And as I started to read and started to listen to uh, the story of Joseph and think about this for a moment, I realized that this is not unusual. That if you look at the pattern of Scripture, it seems like as God prepares people for calling for influence, if God prepares people, He often does it through the intensity of crisis, the fire of crisis. I started thinking of some well-known Bible characters. Moses, he's called to be a liberator. He discovers has this sense that he's going to be a leader. He tries to go about it in his own power and ends up 40 years in the desert as a shepherd of sheep. Humbling him, breaking him, 40 years of crisis before he has a burning bush encounter experience that actually we know him as the great liberator, the, per, the person that uh, wrote the first five books of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch. We know him as that, but we forget that he went 40 years of crisis. I, I, I thought of Gideon, who the angel of the Lord appear, uh, appears to in the book of Judges and calls him a mighty warrior. But Gideon was hiding when God called him a mighty warrior. He had been seven years hiding under oppression, fear-filled, very little sense of destiny or that God could use him. Called himself the smallest of his tribe. Yet God used the crisis to shape in him a mighty warrior. I think of Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, and Jonah ran. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. And so in his running, he ends up in the, in the belly of a whale for three days, the darkest, most difficult season of his life. And then the whale spits him up on the shore of his calling. But he had to go through crisis to be prepared to speak to Nineveh. I think of David. Samuel the prophet anoints David this young shepherd boy, and there's oil dripping down his face with the anointing of kingship, and yet he rises up and goes back to shepherding sheep, an unknown shepherd. And then his first real encounter is with this warrior named Goliath, and he has to go through this crisis, this testing of his faith, before he enters into the calling of being the king of Israel. I think of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament who's saved on the road to Damascus, has a radical conversion, and wants to jump into his calling right away, but ends up spending about 14 years in the desert while he's being trained and formed and discipled and mentored and changed. I think of Hannah who is called to be a mother and deeply desires to be that mother but has to spend years of painful suffering before she gives birth to Samuel the prophet. I think of Abraham, 
whose name was Abram first. And the prophet says, you will be the father of a great nation. He has a dream, a powerful, compelling dream. And he says, look at the stars of the sky. Look at the sand and the seashore. It will remind you of the nation that will come from you. And every day when Sarah calls him for dinner, she says, Abraham, father of a great nation, and he has not one child. He desires one. 25 years later, he still doesn't have a child. A crisis of faith, a difficult trial, a difficult time preparing Abraham for who God wanted him to be ultimately. And I could go on and on. The point that I'm making is this. Listen to me well. It is not that strange that as God begins to prepare you and I, His church, His people, ministries, as God begins to prepare us, that He takes us through crisis in order to equip us Joseph discovered that he had the ability to interpret dreams. He never knew that except in crisis. Joseph discovers the gifts, the skills of leadership, administration, administration, because as a slave he rose up to head up Potiphar's household, which required all that, and later on he would need that. He would need those skills desperately, but he had to learn it in crisis, preparing him for his call, for his influence, for his destiny. And I've been asking myself, God, are you doing that to your church? Are you doing that to the people of God? Is there some things that we have had to learn in the fire of crisis that maybe we weren't aware of before? Things that we had to deeply understand before you get us ready to influence people, maybe at a personal level, are the things that you are doing, God, to break us, to bring us down, to have us lean into you? Are there things in our character that we have to learn, skills that we need to learn? Are there things that are our perspective of life that you are saying, church, I have to shake you, wake you up, prepare you through this crisis for what my calling is? Secondly, if you're taking notes, write this down. It's at the intersection of our deepest trial and God's strongest presence where we learn the most. Those are the transformative moments. Part of our calling is to suffer persecution. And can I tell you the truth? Sometimes following Jesus makes your life more difficult. We're never promised we're going to avoid trials. We're never promised that hardship isn't going to come our way. We're never promised that crisis isn't going to affect us. What we are promised is that in the middle of it, God's presence will be with us. What a great message from Mark Job here today on this new Bold Steps weekend program. We're available 24-7 online, and when you reach out today, let us know how we can pray for you and your family this year. Every card, letter, email, or social media message we receive is greatly appreciated. To connect with us today, just go to boldstepsweekend.org or connect with us on your social media platforms. You'll find us on Facebook and Instagram when you search for Bold Steps Radio. And did you know that few people have more impact on this ministry than those who have chosen to give a financial gift so that other people can continue to access the life-changing, authentic Word of God? 
We're hearing from people in Texas and California, even Singapore, who write to tell us they give to this ministry because Mark's teaching is wonderfully helpful for getting them through the most difficult and the most joyous times of life. You can partner with them and us by giving a financial gift of any amount right now to support this ministry. Just call 866-535-5580 or give by going online to boldstepsweekend.org. And when you donate today, we'll send you a copy of William Marty's book, The World of Jesus, Making Sense of the People and Places of Jesus' Day. And here's Mark to tell us a little more about why he's recommending this fascinating resource. Several years before William Marty wrote our latest bold action gift, he had the opportunity to live in Russia for a year. He spent some time prepping and learning the language. And while it was an amazing opportunity, he came away with one challenging observation. The cultural and everyday differences between the two nations were difficult and challenging. And anyone who has visited another part of the world can understand this. This got him thinking about the cultural differences in the time of Jesus. And his book, The World of Jesus, is a fascinating and engaging study that will help you make sense of the people and places in Jesus' day. We'd love to send you a copy with your gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. And if you'd like to make a greater impact this year, consider becoming a Bold Partner. Your monthly gifts will touch the lives of people all across the country, and you'll get some nice perks as well. Once again, it's called The World of Jesus by William Marty. All right. Thank you, Mark. The book, once again, is called The World of Jesus, and you can request it by calling that number 866-535-5580. I'm Wayne Shepherd. That's our time for today. See you next weekend when Mark Job continues this message called What is God Up To? right here on the new Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.